Hello and welcome to What Would Jesus Tech? On this special episode, we are, yeah, off schedule because we want to talk about threads. Um, I think it was off schedule for, for Zuckerberg as well. I think he's pushing this out as soon as he can to get the traction uh, from Elon Musk's Twitter and what's going on there. Uh, joining me today, I have Chris Martin. He's the content marketing editor at Moody Publishers. He also does some some, some consulting for social media uh, organizations and that sort of thing. Uh, he's been on the podcast before to discuss the wolf in their pockets. Um, he's also written terms of service back in 2022 um and uh yeah chris thanks for joining us pumped to have you yeah glad to be here and wyatt graham uh he is you're a friend we've met in person once um i appreciate your tweets online and now you're on threads as well uh he is the executive director of the gospel coalition canada he has a phd from southern baptist theological seminary and uh wyatt thanks for jumping in last minute i literally invited you this morning but i was like hey if you want to join you joined so thanks for joining happy to be here thanks man so we're going to jump in. Joel is here on the show as well. Chris, I will put the first question to you. I wonder if you've been asked this question before since you've written on social media. Like, why does social media even matter? What is the big deal about threads? Why are you thinking about this? Why Why is this a big deal? Is it a big deal? If it is, why? It's a huge deal. It's the biggest deal in social media in the last 18 months, I think, um, or, or more. I, I'm trying to think of like, the only thing that compares to this, in my view, is Elon Musk buying Twitter. Yeah, um, that's really the only thing. Gosh, I mean, since since maybe Cambridge Analytica or the since I don't know in a long time um, that you know outside of like big overarching trends um, that kind of persist, like in terms of events. Threads launching is definitely one of the biggest things to happen in the last year or more. Um, the reason is. Um, Meta, which I, I'm going to call them different things throughout this podcast. Uh, like I, I typically call them like Facebook, Instagram. Like I've just always called them that, but I'll probably go between Facebook, Instagram and Meta. So whatever. But Meta, Facebook, Instagram, it's the most successful social media company in the history of the world. And that really means a lot. And um, when they do something like this, when they release something new, it matters. Um, especially when they release something new in their wheelhouse. Like they've had a massive failure in the last two years with the metaverse. Now they would probably pay, say like, Hey, whoa, 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 not so, not so fast. It's not a failure yet to which I would say like, fine, I disagree. Like, I think it was kind of DOA, but like, um, when they, that's kind of out their wheelhouse, like that's outside of the wheelhouse. It's a new thing. It's a huge deal. You're talking hardware. People have to buy all of that kind of stuff. Threads is like right in their wheelhouse, which is to say, copy pasting other apps functionality and making it their own and making it better for people who like their kinds of platforms. And so, yeah, it's a huge deal when the, when the historically most successful social media company in the world makes a new social media app um, and releases it super quickly. And um, we might throw a few stats around in this discussion, but as of earlier today, which we're recording on Friday, July 7th, I don't know when this is going to go out, but Earlier today on Friday, July 7th, they reached 70 million signups. That's 70 million signups within 48 hours. It took Facebook more than four years to reach 70 million signups. And they did 70 million signups in less than 48 hours, which I don't think speaks to the success or eventual success of threads. I think it speaks to the pervasiveness of social media between the time of Facebook launching and now. Hmm. And just how quickly people sign up for things. But uh, Threads is going to beat out every other Twitter competitor that's come up. It, Mastodon is dead. Blue Sky is dead. Not really, but like kind of culturally. Yeah. Like like culturally. I think, I'm not saying they'll go away. Don't hear me say that. But like it's a huge deal. When when the gorilla gets in the ring like this, nobody else can, is going to really be able to compete. Um, and I say this as someone – I don't know if we talked about this when I was here. Uh, I say this as someone who hates Meta. Like I think Meta is – at its core, uh, a bad organization. And so I'm not like, I'm not a fan of meta. I'm, I'm actually the opposite of that. I'm not a fan of Zuckerberg. I'm the opposite of that, but like credit to where credits do, they're doing this very well. I think the app is very much in a beta state and it should be treated as such. 
And they've basically said that. Like, they're not shying away from that. They're like, yeah, we rolled this <laughs> thing out super quick for a reason that everyone's aware of, and more features will be coming. So please be patient with us. It's like I said this. I recorded a YouTube video, which I never do, but I did it yesterday just for fun to reflect on the first 24 hours of threads. And it's like, it, this should be treated like a video game in a beta state or a video game in an early access state. Like, Fortnite launched in 2017, 20. 2017 and was in a beta state for like the first three years when it was the biggest game in the world. Um, and so like a lot of video games these days will launch in a beta state or an early access state and kind of ask their players to be patient as they add more features over time. And really, I think that's what's going on here. Like they launched this thing in a half-baked state, which is fine as long as all the people who are getting super geeked out about it have the patience to wait for like some core social media features to come along most of which will. I mean, they've said that they don't know if direct messages are going to come along or things like that. But um, yeah, we'll just have to see. I think it's a huge deal. I think it's the biggest social media deal in the last two years, probably. Um, I think it will probably succeed. But regardless, it's a big deal, even if it doesn't succeed, just because of how quickly it's kind of taken off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why, what was your initial reaction to uh, seeing the news and seeing people talk about it? Um, I have to make one... Note first, Chris. Is that the master sword behind you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, um, been super distracted. I want to see the a, whole thing. A banner with the master sword on it <laughs> okay. for the release of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was all I could really think about for the last <laughs> ten minutes. Social media is it, ca has is it causing you to stumble? To do I do I need to like <laughs> cover it? Is it's it causing me to stumble? I need a I need yeah. to play. Um. Yeah, it was, it was obvious to me that Threads is capitalizing on the on the negative press that Twitter's getting of late. Whether or not it's true, Twitter seems to be perceived as leaning right, and Threads is the friendly place. I think even Zuckerberg said that Threads is like Twitter, but more friendly. So it's it's trying to draw, I think, some of this angst towards Twitter and still the kind of user base. But I think the reason. So you said seventy million this morning, Chris. Yeah, I think Zuckerberg announced, or most Adam Mosseri, the head of Instagram, announced seventy million this morning. One of the fascinating parts is it's so tied to Instagram. You need an Instagram account, or you have to create one first. That it strikes me that those numbers are probably just people laddering, laddering over from Instagram. Oh, yeah. And what it may end up being is like a mess, a public messaging app for Instagram, or it may be the case that. What I, what I suspect will happen is you'll draw an audience on Instagram and then you'll use threads as sort of like a way to publicly message when you don't have a beautiful image or video to share on IG. So I, I'm not sure that it will, like in the current state, it's trying to compete with Twitter, but it's not doing what Twitter does yet. You can't yet create lists, which is primarily how I used Twitter. Same. You... I guess you can't private message, although you technically can because you can use Instagram to do so. Um, and you have to use it currently on an app on a device. Um, you might be able to get it for a computer if you download the app on the Apple Store. I'm not sure, but really it's for your phone. So it it is kind of limiting itself. It's not really doing what Twitter's doing. And it seems to be a way to require people to use the meta infrastructure. Because it's integrated with Instagram so deeply, mm -hmm. and Instagram is so integrated with Facebook so deeply, they want you to use Instagram for your images and reels. So it's the TikTok thing. They want to use Threads for your public communication, which is the the Twitter thing, and they want Facebook for geriatric millennials and marketplace. <laughs> um, so it, to me, it's it almost feels kind of like what Apple often does with their products to create a sort of infrastructure that requires you to stay within it. So I think it's a strategy what they're doing. Uh, the speed at which they released it is, is pretty obviously, I think, as Chris said, to compete with uh, Twitter and to do so in such a way um, as to capitalize on all the, all the bad press. So I, I'm broadly interested in it. I mean, so far, like I used to like I for social media, I like to use third party applications to post. And I don't think so far you can do that with threads. So I actually have to log in. Okay. But then when I log in, so far it's just a massive, like there's unorganized communication of things that things I'll like. So it requires me to allow whatever algorithm it's using 
like just gonna buy into it and let it flow towards me, which I don't like. I prefer lists. I prefer like on Twitter, I create specific lists of topics I like to follow and people, and I like to use third party apps to post so I don't get uh, I don't fall into it. I don't get locked into using social media. So so far, I'm actually not super impressed. The UI is is pretty. Um, since it has IG backing it, it has a huge user base, but I don't know how you use it yet. Like next week, will I just look at it and there'll be a thousand messages from a thousand different people, some of whom I follow, some of whom I don't. Um, memory serves, if memory serves, I don't think you can actually filter by those you follow exclusively yet. No. So to me, it's like it's Facebook's dream or Meta's dream. They can serve you what they think you need to be served, and eventually, it'll be it'll feed into their advertising program. I doubt they'll integrate too much advertising for the first few months. Although you'll have some advertising just simply through its uh, data um, gathering of what you're viewing and your your eye time on things. So, color me like not super thrilled about Threads. I think a lot of people who say Twitter's dead are the same people who like a month ago said Mastodon's here, Twitter's dead. Or the same people who said um, Truth Social is here, Twitter is dead. Or the same people who said Gab is here, Twitter is dead. And then they took over the world because they're all theonomists. Um, so I, I don't know. It, 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 I think it's around because it has Meta's backing. So far, it's not that useful for what I would use social media for. I think it's yeah. going to help Instagram influencers connect with their audience through text when they don't have time. To, to manufacture beautiful images or reels. I think that's going to be its immediate use case. Yeah, it's actually really interesting to hear you both give like a couple initial takes. Um, from a product manager point of view, you know, this is like you're releasing the, you know, beta version, kind of like how we said, and you know you haven't been able to get all the features on the roadmap out. You're like, I have these features planned and they're in the backlog, but let's start learning now so we can actually iterate the right way rather than just spend more engineering resources and end up somewhere where we're far off the mark. So even hearing your two different perspectives on like, um, hey, this product isn't fully polished, it actually creates a usage response that's different than using a polished product. Like for me, I was more engaged. Like I don't typically post on social media. I don't know, I have like this, you know, overanalyzing myself and be like, oh, I have to make sure I have a really nice picture for Instagram or my tweets, I have to say the right thing. And you had this like jolly feeling of when social media first came out of like, I'm just going to post whatever, like posting on people's walls in the early Facebook day. And that novelty was there. So it's really exciting. And I part of that, I think, is because it's an unpolished product. I felt like I could also be unpolished in how I engaged with it. Which I don't know if that's necessarily good, but it was interesting. Yeah, as as much as like I said, I'm the furthest thing from a meta apologist. Like I think it's brilliant that they launched it in this half baked state. I imagine I wonder you might appreciate this, Joel. Like I wonder if there are some product managers whose hearts are like breaking that this baby <laughs> that they've been working on for months was like rushed out into the world unfinished in in a fine state, like definitely in an MVP state, but not in a like finished state everyone including instagram and facebook people agree that it's not in a finished state i wonder if there are some product people who are like but no but i wanted to add this like this was going to be done in three weeks come on but like yeah. i think it makes total sense from like a competition standpoint if you have something that works and you see a possible competitor though i want to get to that in a second because i think they they might be being a little coy about this but i think they don't really see twitter as like a a total competitor because Adam Masseri, the head of Instagram has basically said like, we don't want to be Twitter. We want to do stuff different, but I think it's fair to say like, you're going to have people who do just choose one or the other. Um, but, but he said, and I'll read his quote in a second. I've, I found that the best way to learn things about threads right now is to just go and read all of Adam Masseri's thread, like posts on threads, like go read everything. He, he's replying to like thousands of people or hundreds of people and giving details about this site, about this app that we don't, hasn't been published anywhere. Like, we don't know. And he's like, oh, yeah, we're going to do that here pretty soon. Or, no, we're not really planning on doing X, Y, or Z. Um, 
but I think I do wonder if there are some product people whose hearts are a little broken that their baby was rushed out before it was fully baked. But I do think it makes sense from like a competition sort of like capture the moment standpoint as to like, you know, if your product's at least minimally viable, which I, I think everyone would agree this this product is minimally viable with emphasis on the minimally. Like there are some huge core features that aren't there, but it works like it works, you know, Um so he said earlier, someone, Alex Heath, who's, I think, editor-in-chief of The Verge, he said, it will be interesting to see how news, how the news industry does or doesn't embrace threads. Meta, as a company, has spent the past few years actively distancing itself from news and literally downranking it in Facebook and Instagram. It killed the news tab, etc. Now it's threatening to pull all news in countries proposing that laws require payments to publishers to host their links. But if this app is going to be a real Twitter competitor, it's going to need the news industry to embrace it. Is Meta ready for that? Which is a great question for The Verge to be asking, especially if it is if it does see itself, if Threads and Instagram sees Threads as a Twitter competitor. And Adam Masseri responded. He said, the goal is not to replace Twitter. The goal is to create a public square for communities on Instagram that never really embraced Twitter and for communities on Twitter and other platforms that are interested in a less angry place for conversation, but not all of Twitter. Politics and hard news are inevitably going to show up on threads. They have on Instagram as well to some extent, but we're not going to do anything to encourage those verticals. So I think that's a really interesting way to tackle it. And and it's like that question from Alex Heath is fantastic or the, or question or statement. And I do, I will think, I do think it'll be interesting to see I saw somebody kind of like meanly tweet. I, I laughed, but it was kind of a mean tweet that was like, aha, now I get to see how dumb all these pretty people are. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, what a mean thing to say. But like that is a lot of people are like, yeah, let's see what all these pretty Instagram influencers have to say for themselves when they're faced with a words based platform. Um, but we'll just have to see. I think it is going to be a Twitter competitor, even if Facebook, Instagram doesn't want it to be a Twitter competitor. But I don't know to what extent and I like I don't think we're going to have this scenario where it's like, oh, threads killed Twitter. At this point, Twitter may very well kill itself, given how it's just like destroying user interface and user experience left, right and center. Forget the right wing politics stuff. I mean, that has its own issues just in terms of turning certain segments of people off. But like you start rate limiting tweets at 600 for people who don't pay and taking away things that people have never had to pay for. Forget politics. Like people are just going to stop using the platform. And so I don't think we're going to have a situation where, oh, threads killed Twitter. But if Twitter, you know, hurts itself in 10 different ways and then meta just throws a sort of knockout punch, then, you know, maybe maybe something like that happens. But I think these things will coexist for a really long time. I don't think Twitter's going anywhere, even if maybe it becomes less influential than it's been. And threads maybe just like siphons off some of that influence. Yeah. Like I don't think I'll do both though. Like I think that's right. an interesting thing. Right. It's like about coexisting. So I used threads, you know, predominantly I used to use Instagram only. And then through this podcast, I started using Twitter more and now I'm like, okay, threads is cool. But then I was faced with this dilemma the other night where I'm like, what am I actually going to use? Am I going to manage both? And you see all the memes of social right. media managers being like, right. oh, I got to manage another account. <laughs> but it's like, for me, what am I going to decide? Uh, have like my, you know, more friends based group on threads and more public accounts that I'm not connected to on Twitter. There is this differentiation and the product manager or head of product at threads, you know, he does have that as a foundational belief. Like they do believe these things and then design the product around those core beliefs. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. I think, I think this is an interesting thing from a product perspective too, Joel, that you may appreciate is that like, I think the biggest hurdle they're going to have is there's going to be a ton of um, hype around threads for like the next one to two to seven days, no doubt. And a lot of it's going to be like navel gazing, like talking about threads on threads kind of a thing. Like, and that'll buoy the platform for some short period of time. But like by the end of July, at the very latest, it's going to have to start to exist on its own. Like it's going to have to start to like, and I think the biggest hurdle outside of like regulatory concerns and stuff like that, because they're not even in the EU because of regulatory concerns with this thing. I think one of the biggest hurdles is going to be, can they keep people interested while they s still bake all these core features that aren't out yet. 
Like, I think it has great promise, and I'll use it in the future. You know, in a year from now, I could definitely see myself continuing to use threads. However, I may not, I may go not using it for months until they give me a follower timeline and list capability and a desktop platform, um, which I know they're working on all of those things. Um, or at least we know they're working on follower timeline and a desktop platform. They haven't said anything about, um, lists though i i hope they come i assume they will i don't know um so it's like will they be able to keep this like initial spike of interest being the most like rapidly downloaded app of all time pretty shortly here while and maintain that momentum while their dev team rolls out all of these additional features like how close are we on a follower timeline how close are we on hashtags or searching by trending or like all these things have been said oh we're working on that like that's going to come but i think like a lot of video games have faced this problem over the last few years you can only maintain patience in a beta and early access state for so long until people abandon your thing and go somewhere else and so i'm interested to see like what is this lag time and how well is the team at facebook instagram going to keep people patient as they roll these things out yeah. The one thing, and sorry, I'll comment on is, and related to what Wyatt said is like, you know, it's heavily tied to Instagram. Part of that from an engineering point of view is you're likely reusing the authentic, uh, you know, token authentication and all of those sort of like identity frameworks rather than building a whole new thing, which takes engineering time. You're like, Hey, let's just like reuse what we have today. So it actually allows them to move faster. And that kind of ties into what you're saying, Chris, is like, yeah, I do think Meta will be able to move fast in adding a bunch of these features because they have a lot of the back end and core infrastructure in their existing platform or move faster than, you know, a B-Real or whoever new newcomer would right. be able to move. Yeah, I, I guess it's but, not a direct competitor to Twitter in one sense, um, but they're always just trying to draw the the disenfranchised user base from Twitter because of all the changes that has happened there. Um, but like the growth it's had, even if it's 70 million, it's still not organic in the sense that we think of organic. Like it's people who just have Instagram and it pops up and you can kind of just lateral over. So I, like how long can that momentum last for? I think Chris was saying that with like a beta, th you know, a game, you might lose interest fast. I, I just have the sense that it's going to be very exciting for a week. And then will it be like Mastodon or these other things that just popped up? And people were like, we're all going over there. Then they, I'm done with Twitter. And then like two weeks later, they're like, okay, I'm back on Twitter. Um, and there's a reason why Twitter is useful. Uh, traditionally, it was all the news stuff and articles. But now it, it seems to allow a lot of conflict. And for whatever reason, people like conflict. And that seems to drive engagement. It's really interesting to me to see if Threads is trying to be a friendly pl place, if they don't encourage conflict, therefore engagement, does it just become boring? Um, I'm just, I just, just curious, because that's their whole thing, is like the friendlier version of Twitter. Um, both Zuck and I think also, um, uh, what's his face, uh, Mosseri, I think said that it's going to be friendly. So I, I just, I'm just really curious what that actually means. That they're not going to let people who are uh, starting conflicts on there, then maybe it becomes boring because half the f interest of Twitter is seeing all these major named figures in conflict or in disagreement with one another, writing articles against each other, you know, quote tweeting each other. And I'm not saying that's actually good, by the way. I'm just noting that's half the reason that people draw, uh, come back to Twitter. They want to see the gossip, as it were. Um, so that's a concern I have. But I, again, I think it's one of those things where it has potential, has a huge user base. But again, like I don't currently, I have no reason to use it. Like I can't use it for what I would like social media for. I like to follow specific people and in particular people that I can learn from. And therefore, I'd like to also share uh, things that I'm reading or ideas or articles or whatever. And it's not obvious that's a good good use of my time on threads and it's not obvious that i can get a lot of people to see that stuff on threads yet and so i don't know it's i think chris you said maybe in a year you'd start using it like that's kind of how i feel like it's interesting but it so far it just seems like a time sink um and for me i'm trying to do everything i can not to use social media more than i need to and i think probably everyone needs to do a little bit if you want to be part of society a little bit 
but you don't necessarily want to be, log in and be locked into social media. That's why I like using a third-party app to control your posting is super useful. But then now I have to have a third-party app to control Instagram, Facebook, Threads, Twitter, and whatever else you want to engage on. And it, it gets to be like, what are you even trying to do? The other thing is, I, I, I'm curious. So Twitter has traditionally had these sort of like news people, idea people, authors, stuff like that, because it's a word-based medium and it had kind of that charm. Will those same people go to threads or will just Instagram people go to threads? And if Instagram people go to threads and the influencers are not necessarily word people, does it even have that charm that Twitter originally had? And I would still argue Twitter has it. It's just um, like whatever's, <laughs> whatever's happening behind the scenes in Twitter's leadership is a... Uh, making it weird like the whole like rate limit thing they had was it last week i, I never even countered that by the way is it, is it still happening are we still rate limited i don't know um, it just happened to me like again would... today yeah yeah okay. oh wow i've so never hit connected to the to maybe their lawsuit against meta because they're accusing meta of scraping their data i don't know but it's just it's just an odd thing for me like i don't who's gonna go there will it have the charm twitter had that made it a lasting institution of social media or will it just be Instagram people? And you're like, that's fine, but I'm not hyped on Instagram. So I probably won't continue to be hyped on threads for that reason. Yeah. I think like to give a use case. So like I would, I would be categorized as a Twitter power user um, more as a consumer than a creator though. I, I, I tweet occasionally far less than I used to, but I'm actually like all day while working. I have two monitors at my desk one I'm like working on, and sometimes I'm working on both, but if I'm not working on both, I have TweetDeck up on my second monitor all day. Um, and TweetDeck used to be a third-party platform, was bought by Twitter a number of years ago, and I'm logged into an alt, like a an anonymous burner account, if you will, but that makes it sound like <laughs> nefarious. Like I'm not, I'm not like posting hate speech or something. I'm just like, what it does... Music. No, 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 no. What it does is it, it keeps me from tweeting as myself. As if I'm like, if I'm logged into this burner, it's like I don't feel the need to tweet. Um, and like, then I have to, if I'm going to tweet, I'm like, okay, I have to log into my account. It like puts, it's like a third party app does for you, like puts a barrier between me and like tweeting all day. Um, but I like to keep track. Like, so my tweet deck, I think on this burner account or alt account or whatever, I think I follow like 30 people, but I have like 10 lists full of hundreds of people. So like, on my second monitor all day is a tech and social media list, a video games list, a sports list. I'm going across right now. A funny list, a news list, a FinTwit, which is a financial Twitter list, a Nashville news list because that's where I live, uh, and then a like global news list. Or I already said that, like a news, like general news list. So I have a handful of lists that like I just look at. So today, for example, I was rate limited on Twitter from like 8 a.m. until just like 30 minutes ago, now I'm getting tweets again. So frankly, for someone like me, um, even though Twitter has better functionality than threads right now in that it has lists and it has tweet deck, pretty soon, because of rate limiting, and already right now, because of rate limiting and tweet deck going to paid Twitter blue users only, even though it has better features than threads, they're going to go away for, for me. Um, so it may as well have as few features as threads because I'm not going to pay $70 a year. I'm cheap. I'm not going to pay $70 a year for something I've had for free for over a decade. I'm just not. So like just on, kind of on principle. So even though Twitter is like better in that it has lists and it has TweetDeck, um, them rate limiting and making TweetDeck A worse uh, and B cost money is just going to drive me away from the platform. Forget like whatever Elon believes about politics or free speech, etc. It's like you're making the platform worse and making it cost money. Um, I will, as much as I don't like Facebook, Instagram, I will beg them to make threads work um, so that I just can continue to use a Twitter-like platform for what I've liked using it for since 2007 without being like, you know, goaded like, you know, prodded and, and bothered and annoyed by the people who are owning and managing the thing. Right. Right. And I think that's like what 
both Wyatt and Chris, both of you have done with Twitter is you've controlled what you read when you read it. You very much don't have that algorithmic. Um, like when I logged into um, threads, I had a similar feeling to when I first logged into TikTok of just being given totally. stuff that you like. And it's, it's, it's almost like, okay, let's, let's combine Twitter with TikTok, but let's also have the meta data, <laughs> you know, right. nefarious purposes in the background, and which is why it's still banned in the EU because they didn't comply with GDPR, which is a whole, they just, you know, let's just take people's health data because we want that yeah. when they use threads. What? Why? Um, because advertising, obviously. So they might not give you any ads for the next half year, but that's so that you get addicted to the app. So it's all this kind of stuff. And like, so I think about the average Christian, average, whatever, the, the Christian thinking through what they want to do with their life and whether or not they should use these different platforms. And I, I think every, every Christian before they use a platform, sign up for it, they should really think about terms of service uh, to, to quote a book title that Chris, you've written. Um, but to think about, you know, what are they getting themselves into? Um, you can't even delete your threads account without deleting your Instagram account as well, as an example of what's going on. I didn't on know with, that. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because so they're the even same. Just, yeah, because they're the same account as as Joel yeah. was saying. Why why recreate the wheel? So, um, so yeah, Proverbs twenty five twenty eight says a man without self control is like a city broken into and left without walls. And I think a lot of Christians need to examine their self control with social media and question if they have walls set up um, to protect themselves and living on the algorithm like i got i had to google search because i i saw someone say there's thirst traps on on threads and i was like what's a thirst trap and i google searched <laughs> that because i'm a noob apparently who has a podcast on technology but i just didn't know what that was and it's like there are these pictures of poor like underdressed women on threads right now that pop up in my feed and i'm like is the feed taking into consideration when I block this person that it's going to give me less of this because I don't want to have to deal with that. Um, and so that's just one example of self-control in the same way that self-control needs to be used on Twitter or whatever. But but thinking about the the average Christian should or, or the Christian who's considering it, like Wyatt, you made the comment earlier that like maybe every Christian should be a part of society and therefore use social media. Um but there are these risks to using something like threads on multiple levels that we're, we're kind of hashing out. Um, so I don't have an argument for or against here. Like I'm, I've, I've added the app, but I'm, I'm thinking about advice both on that level and even thinking about it from the, you know, I'm, I'm now working part-time as a social media manager for mere fidelity. So I'm like doing that little gig and I'm like, wait, should I create an account? Should I not? on threads to promote that uh, my sister-in-law she works as a social media manager for two different companies one for free for a non-profit and the other for her job and i'm wondering like should she get on threads should we give her advice to get on threads so how would you advise both the mm. christian you could take the question separately but how would you advise the christian thinking about adding the app and uh and how would you advise the social media manager thinking about whether or not to add the app I think that uh, for the individual, the advice regarding threads is the same as I would give for any other social media app. Um, use at your own risk. Know what you're signing up for. If you have like an Apple iPhone, maybe Android has this too, like read those privacy nutrition facts that they give you and know what you're giving up by signing up for the platform. And always... Um, decide what you want to give up within the tools that are given to you inside the platform. So like, for instance, this is like a dumb little thing, but like, it's something I do on every, first of all, I don't have the Facebook app downloaded. I rarely have the Instagram app downloaded um, onto my phone. And I, I've had to have it the last like six months for like book promotion mode and it, but it will soon be going off as I stop doing that pretty soon. Um, and I've only downloaded threads to tinker with it. But I imagine, I, frankly, like I kind of said, I imagine I'll kind of get rid of threads for a while until they like roll out some more of these features. And whenever that maybe, you know, tinker with it again. Um, mm -hmm. But but when I downloaded the app and I was like sharing memes and GIFs and things like that, I, I'm always careful to not give these apps access to my entire photo library. I always only select the photos I want to upload. 
Now, you know, to what degree they respect that, whoever knows. But like I, you know, I am sure to like limit what I can uh, Mm -hmm. in sharing with these platforms from a privacy standpoint. I've written on privacy and the importance of data privacy in both of my books. I think Meta is the chief um, agitator and um, bad actor when it comes to data privacy and social media. And I've said that all the time and they aren't doing anything different here. Um, clearly with threads. Um, but I think as long as you know what you're signing up for, um, and you just like, you know, you willingly give those things up to engage, then go for it. Like we, if you should, let me put it this way. If you've been using Instagram, like you shouldn't be any more afraid of threads. Um, if you have a problem with the data that Instagram collects on you, you're going to have a problem with the data that threads collects on you. So like take all of those things into consideration when it comes to, you know, um, discernment and, and using wisdom and what you see and watch Yeah. By all means, like you need to protect yourself. Um, however you see fit, I've not come across any objectionable content sexual or otherwise on threads yet, but I've not been sitting there refreshing the app constantly. Like I've been hopping on for five minutes, mostly going to see what these meta employees are saying about the app and then hopping off. So I've not been scrolling it for hours. Like maybe some people have, but I've not come across anything like, Whoa, where'd that come from? I think the rules, if I, if I've gathered correctly are pretty similar to Instagram where like, yeah, you might get some like, you know, some pictures that are like, you know, less than wholesome, but, but like they're not allowing porn on the app like Twitter does. Um, and so there's, you know, there is some moderation from what I've gathered in mm-hmm. that regard. But yeah, like if you find yeah. yourself like running into things you don't want to be running into, by all means, like run away from the app. Um, just like I would advise on Instagram or anything else. For organizations, I would say, yeah, if, if I was a social media manager running social media for an organization like I used to, I would be on threads already. Um, not like deploying a full bore all you know all systems go strategy on threads like i am on the established platforms but i would have a presence i'd be tinkering with it seeing what works joining in the golden retriever like banter that's happening over there right now where everybody's just like happy go lucky and this isn't this crazy does feel very like old school internet there sort of right now um and i would be doing that with whatever brand i manage but i don't think like if anybody's rolling out like a best practices for thread strategy right now they're kidding themselves like nobody knows what this thing is but like social media managers i've always said as i've i've been one and have coached them since i was one like you have to be the most knowledgeable person in the room on this kind of stuff so like um when your boss as a social media manager when your marketing director or your ceo or whomever else asks you what are we doing about threads you better darn have an answer like that's your job like figure it out and I'm not saying you gotta be a pro at it, but like you better have an answer. Like that's your job. Um, you could hate it. I Facebook Business Manager is the worst tool to ever exist outside of Google Analytics four. Sorry, but like it's awful. Um, but Threads is going to be integrated in there at some point. And if you're a social media manager, figure it out. It's your job. That's what stewarding your gifts and talents well looks like. Um, and so I think if you yeah, if you're a social media manager, um, add this to your suite of things you need to be paying attention to ask for a little bit of a pay raise that you probably already deserve and aren't getting. And, uh, and may God be with you because this kind of thing is only going to continue happening. I think. Uh, in terms of an individual, I would just say, know what, whatever social media platform you're using, know what it is, know what it does, know what it does to you and know what it does for you. Usually what social media are is not what you want to use it for. Usually, if it's just in order to uh, create engagement to, say, gain your data or to gain your clicks or to get whatever it is, usually that's like that's their end. You want to use it for some other end. So I would say just be choose social media and use it for a reason. So for me, Twitter, connect with people that I want to learn from, share things that I find interesting and create lists from people and uh, from people and about topics that I'm keenly interested in Facebook's like marketplace and local people, Instagram's family pictures. Like that's just my use case, right? So what do I want to use Twitter for? Twitter is to build a platform for me. Facebook is to know local people in my area, like pastors and things. Instagram's just for it's private. It's just for friends and family. So if you know what you're trying to do with those things, that's fine. 
um, and then integrate that into what it means to be a Christian. So it's fine to build a platform if you're virtuous about it. <laughs> like if you're like, I want to build a platform because I want people to know how to, I don't know, know Jesus better. If it's actually virtuous, great. But if you're like, I just want this because I know it'll make me important, not so good. Because that's what Twitter's and or whatever is doing something to you. So I think that's a really basic thing, but you're going to know. Most people that I know, at least, depending on their age category, but still most people, never ask the question, what is social? What is this social media platform and what's it for? What's it do to me and what can it do for me? Those four questions. Like it, they're just, it's not even on the radar. And so then you see people across social media just commenting on like random things or like the random questions that are thrown in Facebook. You're like, so what are you doing? <laughs> and for the most part, yeah. you know, I guess you call it leisure. I don't know, but it's just like, there's, there's no point. So why are you doing that? The other thing is to know, like when you ask the question, knowing what social media is like, how does social media develop engagement? What is engagement? Well, what is it you're going to see more often than not? Why is it that you feel like you need to comment? Like stuff like that. I just you could ask those questions. Um, There's some platforms where I think, generally speaking, Christians should avoid. I think early on TikTok, you should have avoided. It was all exploitative and sexual. I think it's changed a lot recently, though. Like, I think you can be all sorts of things. There's things like Snapchat, where I remember, like, it just even the the how it works, it may not be useful for a Christian to use, just given its use, uses. Now, it doesn't mean it's bad in and of itself, but it's just like, what positive use can you have? But if you find one, great, I'm, I'm happy for you. So I think you might discern and choose between a set of social media platforms that you find you could use for a reason and also know what it could potentially use you for. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have anything for social media management. Chris said the good things. I don't have to say anything more about that. Yeah, I think um, I think like he said, I think I put it in Wolf in my most recent book, like – you need to use social media actively or social media is going to use you period. Like you have to know what the incentives are of these platforms and know what they weigh and how they weigh it. Um, and recognize that you can get caught up in that and really become a conduit of those incentives rather than using it for your own good. And I think just so many of us just kind of coast along using these platforms rather than using them uh, intentionally and like asking hard questions, like Wyatt said, um, that we need to be doing that all the time. And so when it comes to incentives for threads, it's almost too early to tell, but I think it's fair to say the incentives are kind of similar to Instagram. They're just not maybe as image based as visually based. Um, and so, yeah, it's, this is what makes this kind of thing exciting to me, even as someone who doesn't like meta as an organization and thinks they're tend to be pretty predatory when it comes to user data. What's it, what is exciting to me is that, it's like forging new ground a little bit, like to be a part of creating the vibe of a social platform, even as an in uninfluential user in the corner of the world, there's something exciting about that. And I think, I think it's cool. Like, I think like, you know, as much as I've been negative about social media in my books, because I think we're all kind of inherently positive and we need to kind of be pulled back toward reality a little bit. Um, this is the part of social media that is kind of exciting to me is seeing like how new kinds of human connection can be forged through things like this. And yeah, like I, you know, people who complain that Twitter's toxic, I've always just kind of said like, that's a you problem, not a Twitter problem. Now, like Twitter does incentivize certain things, but Facebook has as well. Like every social media platform incentivizes engagement and engagement tends to be more negative than positive. So like it's, that's as as much human as it is anything. But like, if yeah, if, if you have a, Twitter is toxic problem. Really, any social media platform is toxic problem. It's as much a you problem as anything because you need to you get to decide who you follow and who you don't. Kind of a kind of a deal. So I would just encourage anyone, like like Wyatt said, pay attention to the incentives, know what the platforms incentivize, and figure out how those things affect you. I want to recommend a book um, that I just started reading, and it kind of goes to like the platform building part, which that's not our conversation, but. It's related, I, something I talk with authors about all the time through my work. I've had to deal with it as an author myself. Um, building a platform as a Christian can sometimes feel kind of slimy, especially if you feel like you have to be overly self-promotional. It feels like it can feel like the opposite of humility. I've struggled with this a lot, um, hmm. and it, I've helped other authors struggle with this. Like, 
It's easy. It's like, it's funny. I'm really good at coaching authors on how to be self-promotional in a way that's not prideful. However, it's hard for me to like coach myself in, in that regard. Um, but I just started reading this book and I read his, one of his other books as well. Um, it's called Show Your Work by Austin Kleon. And it's, uh, it's probably backwards on camera, but um, Show Your Work by Austin Kleon. And um, it's about, it's called 10 Ways to Share Your Creativity and Get Discovered. Um, and it's just about like how to share your work online, really in general, but especially in an online world. And he's like a professional artist um, and his, his like a visual artist and his stuff's really good. But in there, he talks about actually social media and how there's like, there's flow and stock. And it's like an economic principle, which I'm not an economist, but social media platforms, like I was talking about, like Twitter lists or any other feed is like flow. And one way, like, especially people like me and creatives and artists can operate today is you have you have sources of flow that then you organize into stock and then you use that stock to create. So flow is like Twitter lists for me. Like I have this thing every Saturday. It's called the funnies. It's a collection of like a dozen or 15 funny tweets and memes and stuff. I came across the internet in the last week. And like, I use my funny column on Twitter for that. Like 99% of that, newsletter every Saturday is driven by the funny column on my Twitter feed. So that's taking flow content and forming it into stock to then create something like a curated newsletter through. And so I would encourage anyone who is listening, who happens to like, you know, be sad about how Twitter is going or want to use social media in more of like a creative way rather than just a entertain me, but maybe more as like an inspiration. Check out uh, check out show your work or if you're somebody who is a creative and struggles with self-promotion and wonders like how can I self-promote in ways that aren't all about me but are in ways that like help my audience and kind of like pull the curtain back um, this this book is very short like I read half of it in an hour last night um, it's great and it's it's helped and kind of inspire me that cool. like self-promotion doesn't have to be slimy it can be really cool and kind of be a part of whatever art and creative that you're doing and I would even say if you're it's not self-promotion if you're offering a resource, something helpful to someone else, something that's genuinely beneficial, because you're promoting the goodness of the the artifact, whatever it is. So if it's a book, a painting, what music that you did. Um, if you like good music, other people do too. If you like good books, other people do too. And so I think Anyways, just a quick side note. I think it doesn't have to be yourself. It just has to be something that's maybe you maybe you're the art the guy, the artificer or the person who made it, but you're just offering it something that is genuinely useful to people. I just want to say one last piece that's sort of been on the surface <laughs> is that um, many people mediate reality through social media today, and that's not going to change anytime soon, and likely it will continue to accelerate. The, in younger generations. Although I think younger people are a little bit more burnt out on like, they, cause they grew up in it where it's newer to us. Like I think social media came out when I was a teenager, like, Oh, that's cool. So there's going to be probably a different way to view social media, but it's just, it's just the de facto public communication. And I think depending on when social media came out in your biography of life, you're going to, you're going to make comments like social media is not real life, but it is real life for many people. So don't do that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you think about like pastorally discipleship, if people are mediating reality for 12 hours a day on social media and you have no way to understand that world at all, that'll probably limit your ability to do digital discipleship, if you want to call it that. doesn't mean you need to be like the eye of Sauron on like watching everyone's social media account, like, oh, pastor saw me. But to have some insight into what it means to view reality through the lens of technique and technology in the way that we do in 2023 and forward. Um, I also think some people are really moving towards no technology, no technique, and that's fine. You can do that. You have freedom to do so, but it will probably mean that you cannot be part of society organically anymore. Probably. So you just have to like understand what that is, what it is that you're doing, why you're doing it, what it does to you, and what it can do for you to be non-tech. Um, so you got to ask those same questions. Um, so, anyways, all to say is, I think social media we can lament it all we want, but it is, 
So what do you do with what is? You may not love uh, a dirty lake that is next to you, but it is. You may not love a dangerous river that's next to you, but you got to cross it every day. So mm-hmm. you have to deal with it because it is. And I think a lot of people feel like because they don't understand it or there's danger, then avoidance is what you should do. And for some, that's probably exactly correct. But I think for many, it's not correct. I think if you did not grow up around social media, you are obligated, I think, to know how to, maybe a master is the wrong word, but to understand how to use mute, block, list, follow, unfollow, uh, how to use both Chrome and Safari, whatever you use to limit the amount of minutes you're allowed to view social media per day to use. I think so. Uh, I think Apple on, natively on their phone gives you that same capability for your devices, how to mm-hmm. use that for the, for your family of apps, uh, of devices. So your children and so on have the same limits to what they can and cannot see because that is a form of discipleship and duty. And if you're a parent in particular, and you don't have some handle on those things, invariably your kids are going to be using social, well, they'll use technology for most of the hours of the day, whether you want them to or not, once they get to a certain age. And if you have not been able to disciple and mentor in that use, then you lead them possibly in the, the possible end of self-destruction or not self-destruction, just like of just unwise use. That's a better way to put yeah. it. It's like a lot of people like never grew up around alcohol. So when they're like 18, they're like, I want to get drunk like crazy. It's like, well, okay. It's pretty yeah. lame and boring actually to do that, but you can try. Uh, but social media is the same thing. Just like teach people to use it in moderation and how to use the, the techniques built into the technology <laughs> that limit the techniques that the technology uses. Yeah. I, yeah. I write at the beginning of Wolf uh, that like everyone's going to engage with social media on a spectrum either on one end, the two ends are unhealthy. The center is the healthy way to engage. So on one end, you have passive ignorance, which is kind of what you're just describing, Wyatt, of like trying to be ignorant of social media entirely and just saying like, ah, it doesn't matter. It's not real life. Who cares? That's foolish. Now, that's less common among younger people. That's going to be more common among people who are, you know, maybe like 50 and older or whatever. But even those, a lot of those folks are power users of social media at this point. Like Facebook (laughs) is the internet. Facebook is the internet to them. But like, that's going to be more common among older people, this sort of passive ignorance. Like, I'm just going to, I'm going to try to not live on this spectrum of social media use at all. I'm just going to try to exit it. And so passive ignorance isn't helpful. But on the other end, much more commonly, especially among young people, is the poor posture of uncritical embrace where like we just hop on the new thing like threads and we don't ask any questions we don't do a deep dive into what kind of data it's collecting we don't <laughs> ask what's it doing to me what what can it um how can i use it how is it helpful how is it not helpful we just uncritically embrace any and everything that come along without asking any hard questions that's the most common unhealthy way we engage with social media because again all of us are going to have to engage with it in some respect even if we aren't using it but I think the healthiest way is somewhere in the middle where it's we intentionally engage it, even if that means you don't set up an account. on Like, let's say you're a pastor listening or a parent, like you never set up an account on threads. Totally fine. Like, I don't think you're bound <laughs> as a Christian to do that. But like if you're leading and discipling someone else who theoretically will be opening up an account on threads, you should be like reading about it and learning about it and trying to keep tabs on it. Like that's intentional engagement, even if you're not using it you're not burying your head in the sand either. Yes. And so, so I think we need to have a sort of intentional engagement with social media, even if that is more on the sidelines, we're actually paying attention rather than just like pretending like it's not a thing. Well, the funny part is too, because a lot of people you meet, they'll be very normy, and then you'll go to their profile and you're like, oh, you're like a neo-Nazi. <laughs> like right. what? And, and I would say like, I would say like social media is more yeah. real than real life in a lot of this. Like a lot of folks show their true colors on social uh, media more than they do colors, online. <laughs> or, they, or they've, I think, well, this might be an odd way to put it, but I think we have different personalities depending on what we're doing. Like there's angry us and hungry us. It's not unique to me. So, sure. I think some people have like <laughs> yeah. Twitter them, Facebook them, Instagram them. And a lot of it is is bizarre. And then their, their RL persona is controlled so they don't get shamed or whatever, but then they go on Twitter and, and are sharing like these 
like obviously inappropriate memes or ideas or whatever. Right. And you're like, because the, the question I have is like, you're a pastor. So you see someone for an hour on Sunday and then once or twice during the week at events or whatever, you see them on their best behavior. And it used to be that you could visit them in their place of work, but in cities where transportation and, and time is measured and time is uh, in fact sold and controlled by the corporations, you can't just pop into someone's work and get to know them that way. And it's especially hard even to pop into people's homes these days, given like a work schedule might be 9 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. And then you're putting your kid to bed, then you're in bed. You know what I mean? Like, um, so so how do you see them in the public sphere? And it is often social media. And it's you. I think you need some ability to know what it is and see what people are like to disciple and mentor someone. And when I say <laughs> some ability, I don't think that you want to fall into the same trap of being perpetually online if you don't want to be. But you have to be somewhat online. Like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's just so funny because everyone's always talked about, like, the curated self on social media. And just, like, in the last few the years opposite, especially, curated. yeah, I've been like, you're, you're curated more offline than yes, you are 100%. online. Yeah, we meet a person and, and you, you're like, we're both really normie. We're not trying to be too weird. And then you go online you're like, wow, Chris really loves Legend of Zelda. That's every <laughs> right. single post he's done for 17 years. Right, right. And he has a master sword and he dresses up and you're like, he's kind of a wacko. But I mean, whatever. But that's, that's it is interesting. It's the opposite. See, isn't that so weird though? I think that's, it's funny. I said that without really too much thought, but it's, it's become increasingly true that people's online self is the self that they wish they could be. It's where they're bat, uh, Bronze Age perverts. It's where they are uh, like whatever neoclassical, like all these different like movements yeah. that are out there. And then their in-person self is they have to be normal at work because their, uh, you know, their bat personality is unacceptable in, in most places in real life, but it is acceptable online and has in fact become, it is becoming more and more mainstream in certain circles. So it's just, it's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. I saw, I saw a comedian, Christian comedian post on threads that it's like, Oh, now my pastor's not on this platform. So I can start wilding out until he gets on. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <until>. like, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's like, it's, you know, it's a uh, comedy is always funny when it's like strikes close to the truth. Yeah. Well, um, Chris, can I ask you a quick question? Sorry. Yeah. Can you, um, so on most social media apps, I like to wipe, everything that I've posted on there, like every couple of weeks, does threads let you, is there any way to do that on threads? So I was actually just, when we were just starting this podcast was looking at an engagement with Adam Mosseri and someone else, I forget who it was, um, where he said, he spoke to this. He said, um, hold on, let me find it. Um, okay. Someone asked, I don't know who this person is. Their name is Tan France. Uh, I don't know who it is. Um, but he said, will someone comb through my threads in 10 years only to find something on here that gets me canceled? Possibly. Will that stop me from talking crap on here? Absolutely not. And so Adam Masseri responded to that and said, clearly that was kind of like in jest, but he said, right. I still think it'd be better to automatically archive everything after a month or so. So like I don't like archive though. I know I, like I feel the same way. But <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, we'll see. Like, there's no way where like with Twitter you can go like wipe stuff or whatever. Again, like, and I think even with Twitter that's like a third party thing. So you go we'll, to third party to do that, right? Well, yeah. So we'll see go, if like, someone one at a time or whatever. Right, right, right. We'll forever. see if someone develops that for Threads. But it sounds like the head of Threads and Instagram is in favor of something, a facsimile of something like that, whether or not it would actually be. But they're going to still keep the data. So the, it, oh well, yeah. It's yeah, fine for them to keep that in a sense. I just think, uh, given how law, public morality, and what's acceptable in uh, corporate cultures, like how it works, that I think Christians should just wipe their social media every month. Just don't have it on there. Sure. I mean, I think it's like family photos. That's a little bit different. But you, I, I'm just surprised at how much. And, and also, like when you're like first a Christian, you become a cage stage, whatever you are. Oh yeah. And so like a lot of your stuff's wilding. <laughs> you just don't want that on the internet forever. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I agree with that. At the same time, because all of my cage stage stuff from college is still on my Twitter, I don't know if I've ever deleted tweets, at least intentionally. It depends what, yeah, you don't uh, necessarily have to per se. But, but, but the, what one would ask is like, okay, if you're going to get at me for something I tweeted when I was 18 years old, like, do I really need to listen to whatever, you know, do I need to care that you're going to cancel me for something I did when I was 18, you know, some dumb take I had at yeah. midnight on, on monster energy drink or something. I don't know, but, but yeah, it is, it is, it'll be interesting to see if they, if they do that, but, yeah. um, but yeah, anyway, good chat. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as we're wrapping up, I, it's interesting that this kind of became an impromptu 
focus group, you know, from like a developer point of view to be like, you know, will people pay money for Twitter blue or will they rather sell their data? And it's like, oh, actually, you know what? As much as I think like I don't want to sell my data when it comes down to the cold hard cash. I'm going to sell it. Right. And it's like interesting to see like the, the reactions and the takes and, um, yeah, it was lots of fun. Yeah. I was glad to just stay quiet. I didn't even have to like ask you guys questions. You guys were just driving. So that was, that was lots of fun. I like listening to podcasts and that's pretty much what I just did, which was great. <laughs> um, so, so, uh, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, thank you for helping our listeners and helping me and Joel think, um, in a Christian way about social media. And, uh, yeah, I, I hope our listeners can benefit and, and use it well. Um, I was thinking to like just this, can Christians live in a city? Obviously a city has forces. There's things like that. A theology of the city is a theology of social media in some ways, just because of the, the factors going on and it's unpacked biblically there. So anyways, it's, this has been a fun episode. Thank you everybody for listening. Thank you, Wyatt. Thank you, for Chris, for joining us. Really appreciate you guys. Short notice, giving your quick takes that who knows a week from now, what what will happen <laughs> so we'll post this on monday hopefully i need to i'm actually preaching You're gonna post actually it on preaching threads. yeah we'll post it on threads who knows if they'll allow a <laughs> long long recording that's a good idea um and uh and yeah so so monday morning it'll come out as long as i get time to do it but i don't know I, in the middle of this podcast my kids came up to say bye to me and so I had to say goodbye to them. And I think my wife took them to my parents so or to the, her parents. So maybe I do have time to, uh, to, to edit this tonight. We'll see. Um, but thanks so much, guys. We'll I'll wrap it up here. Take care. Bye. Um, how do I right. stop?